0: and welcome. It's Jürgen Wolf here, another episode of the Creativity Rocket podcast. And as usual, I'm here with my faithful manservant, Arthur. Arthur, say hello, please.
1: Greetings.
0: And I've been on the road. I've been traveling, actually, in the air more than the road. And I'm back from my travels. Uh, Did you miss me, Arthur? Terribly. Really?
1: I cried myself to sleep every night.
0: Not really, right?
1: No, sir. That's what I
0: thought. But it is nice to be back because travel these days, well, let's put it this way. Here's what we hope travel will be like. And here's what travel really is like these days. In Hollywood I had the quintessential um, LA moment, which was walking I was walking down Santa Monica Boulevard one evening, and there's this homeless guy sitting in a doorway, you know, his blanket around him, his shopping bags full of uh, his junk and his stuff, and he was on a laptop computer, uh playing solitaire.
1: Presumably a script writer, sir.
0: Yeah, probably an ex sitcom writer. Anyway, I'm back, and this time around we have an interview with Nellie Jacobs about what she's learned from her in-depth interviews with many different kinds of creative folks and also talking about what they all seem to have in common. I'll also have a tip for you on how you can up your productivity by, I'm estimating at least 50%, maybe more, using what I call uh, time pods. And finally, I'll do a 60-second book review on one of my top three books on creativity. So let's start with our interview. Nellie Jacobs hosts a show on Blog Talk Radio, and the show is called Igniting Imagination. It features in-depth interviews with creative people from a variety of disciplines. Uh, by the way, Arthur, who's the most creative person you've ever met?
1: Ah, that would be Picasso.
0: You knew Picasso? You, like you were there at the birth of Cubism?
1: Yes, Pablo and I dropped acid together.
0: You continue to surprise me, Arthur? Anyway, back to Nellie Jacobs. She's an award-winning artist, an author, a consultant, and a dedicated and skillful explorer of creativity. And I decided to turn the tables and put her on the other side of the microphone this time and ask her about creativity, what it means for her, what she's learned, and so on. So here we go, Nellie Jacobs. So I'm recording this now, and... I want to get started by having you tell us a little bit about what you want your interviews to do for the listeners, and also, how did you get started doing them?
2: (laughs) Okay, well, uh, for many years, I have been really fascinated by the whole subject of creativity. I've written about it, uh, I've uh, spoken about it, I've researched it. And for the last while, I've been looking for a different forum where I could actually reach deeper, where I could reach uh, a wider audience, hopefully worldwide, where we would explore the whole, you know, various aspects of creativity. In a certain way, I believe I represent... An entire generation that, for a whole lot of reasons, continues to look for personal and professional opportunities for stimulation and also for creative fulfillment. I I think I'm really referring to people over 40 and 50, uh, particularly. I, I also believe I offer an essential service because in these times, most everyone over 50 or younger needs to look at new careers, pastimes, possibilities, and solutions in very creative ways. I love connecting good people who have good stuff to offer. I love to do that. I always do it. When planning the launch of this show, my intention was to provide a forum. For interaction and communication of creative ideas, uh, for resources and personal experiences, this was um, my expectation was to feature creativity academics and specialists as well as creative business people and extraordinary individuals who've who've achieved really special things. Each program would focus on a creative topic of the week, and the purpose of the show would be to entertain, to educate, inspire, and hopefully to creatively stimulate listeners worldwide.
0: Yeah, it certainly does that. I think there are two things that really have impressed me about it. One is the diversity of guests you've had under mm-hmm. the umbrella of creativity. It's really mm-hmm. been a, a terrific range, which is very interesting, because we some, you know, we hear a lot of writers interviewed and, and some artists, but I think you've really expanded that. And the other is uh, the in-depth nature of the interviews, where you really... Obviously, spend a lot of time, and I know this because I was uh, lucky enough to be one of your interviewees. Right. I know how much effort yeah, you put into preparing for it, which again is a bit unusual. But I wondered, taking this diversity into account, uh, are there three or four points that relate to being more creative or maybe more productive? Because that's another thing I think unites your interviewees. Most of them have been very uh, creative and very productive. But Anything that keeps coming up, sort of on a repeating basis, across this diversity?
2: Well, I just want to go back over the choice of people who I've chosen for these interviews, because it's almost random. The point that I'm trying to make with this show, one of the points, anyhow, is that everybody really has so many creative aspects to them and so many possibilities. Uh, the people that I've interviewed and that I am interviewing are very well qualified, and probably in their circles, most of them are very well known as well. But in truth, these are ordinary people like you and me, like anyone in our audience. The points that I think are in common that most of these guests share are uh, number one their passion their passion for whatever it is they're doing and for whatever it is that they're giving the the second point is their determination to do what it is that they set out to do and to do whatever they need to do to get there and sometimes their roads that they plan to go are diverted to a different place but they go with it so they're quite flexible the third thing is the creative thinking. Uh, what I find is that many of these creative thinkers are able to morph with the times and the experiences and whatever it is that they come across. And the fourth thing, and this is something that really that I've been taken with and what I've really noticed with all, um, every one of my guests, because not everyone is uh, can do what they're doing and, and that is, it's one thing to have something; it's another thing to actually sell it. And what I've really been taken with is their ger- generosity of spirit and what they give. They all feel that they're offering something useful to others; that they're that they've got something to share, and they really want to share it. Th- these people all understand the concept of um, giving because they know. They know that when you give, you receive, and you, Jergen, are amongst those people too. Because when you and I first connected, you and I were strangers, That's and right. you bought it, and you bought in.
0: Yeah, no, no it's great because again, I think partly because you were asking a lot of questions that uh, go below the surface. I mean, there's certain mm-hmm. ones you get asked all the time. You know what's your newest project, and what, if you're writing for film and television, as I, I have done, you tend to get asked a lot. What was it like working with Michael J. Fox or whoever it might be? But it's interesting occasionally, and uh, to to have to delve a little more deeply. And, and I think we always learn. Anybody who goes through this process with you, uh, I'm sure, learns something more about themselves as well.
2: It seems so. I uh, I've heard that a lot from a lot uh, many of my guests. One, as a matter of fact, one of the um, guests that I had, who's out of California, who has tens of thousands of followers and who helps guide people, he on his website wrote after our interview: "This lady digs deep." <laughs> Uh, I, I, I guess I do. I mean, it's my intention to try and pull these things out of people because I think it helps other people as well. And he said that when I, one of the questions I asked, he had never thought about before, and it, it really gave him a pause for thought uh, to to go into that place. And that's really what my intention is because I would like my audience also to dig deep into themselves. Digging deep can be painful, but it can be so useful. Yeah. And, it, when they, and when they hear other people sharing their very private, very private parts of their lives, it, it just becomes a really interesting phenomenon.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's what makes it fascinating. Well, I'm curious about whether any tips, uh, specific things that, that have come up in these interviews that you've put to use yourself, because obviously you're a very creative person in a number of ways, uh, are there any that, that come to mind that have been particularly useful to you?
2: There, there are really so many, but if I focus on one particularly, it's to do with an interview that I did with Kevin Loberg. Um, I think that's episode number seven, not that I remember all of the numbers, but that particular one was about putting it out there. And that's about the importance of stating or recording your intention uh, your purpose and what you're looking for in some way. Now, in order to do that recording, in order to state it, you actually have to know what it is that you're, uh, what it is that you want. And um, it, it's really interesting that I, another guest of mine, uh, up in the 20s, uh, Julie Giusecki, um, worked for years as a restaurant server and manager before uh, finding her true calling as a visual facilitator at the age of 40. And she compared this um, this idea of um, putting it out there and knowing what you're ordering uh, to ordering your choices for a menu. She said, like, if you don't tell the server what you want to eat, how will he or she know what your order is? How will the chef know what to prepare? And he just won't get the food. Um, So personally, I've since made a, a point of focusing on what I really want, identifying it, and then being very, very direct in my ask.
0: Great, great. Well, one thing you mentioned just a moment ago uh, was the need for us all to, to be marketers. I, didn't think he, I don't think you used that word, but basically to sell or others on what we're doing, both in terms of getting cooperation if we want to collaborate on something, and also if we have books to sell or paintings to sell or whatever it is. We have to be marketers as well, whether we like it or not. And I know that you've built up quite a following for the show, and I'm curious what methods you've used for that.
2: When I first started, I went to people that I knew who I felt had a lot to offer, and um, then um, I guess because they enjoyed the experience in spite of the fact it must have been really painful for them, they began to recommend other people that they knew that they felt would also offer useful information to my audiences. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, I um, put out a, a call um, for uh, possible guests on uh, my show, and I was astonished that I got—I got—I think 120 in one day, in one 24-hour period, I got 120 uh, responses from pe- most fascinating people from around the world. I um, I get the word out there through a variety of means. One of the things that I do is create a newsletter just before um, each episode that I send out to my network, and then I ask my network to please send it out to their networks. I I, I that's actually right in the newsletter. Um, to uh, forward, I ask uh, the people who receive it to forward it to their, um, peop- their people, their networks. I also um, advertise, if that's what you want to call it. I sent, there's a method by which I can um, send out a note to all the hosts on the radio network that I uh, broadcast my show on, and that's uh, tens of thousands of people. I also ask my guests, the ones who are featured, um, to forward to their networks as well. Because, of course, the reason for all of this is to spread the word about creativity and get everyone involved and to support each other. Um, And um, I'm also getting really interesting responses from people around the world who are using Google. For example, Jorgen, didn't you uh, use uh, Google the word creativity and came up with one of my interviews?
0: Yes, that's right. That's right.
2: And and then I'm I'm cre- uh, tremendously curious, and I think the curiosity and creativity go hand in hand. Um, when you contacted me about that particular interview, and I believe it was uh, with Marcy Siegel, uh, episode five, um, I was interested to know who you were before I gave you permission to use that, the snippet that you asked for. And I went to your website, and I was really fascinated by the variety of things that you're doing and, and the kind of person as you seem to be. And I thought, well, you probably would be um, of interest to my listeners as well. And that's when I contacted you. And that's basically how this thing grows.
0: And, and roughly how many listeners do you have? Do you have a way of measuring that? I mean, does, does Blog Talk Radio give you any figures? or
2: Yes, it does. It, uh, it does indicate it on the website. I know that people are downloading it. There's an indicator. and uh, They're downloading it to listen and to put onto their website. The whole series uh, is archived and numbered. Anyone can listen to it at their own leisure to every single episode. Um, there are, at this point, 3,500 listeners.
0: That's great. I'm sure a lot of them are passed along after the initial, as you say, after people have downloaded it and so on. I've certainly uh, referred people to it, and and that sort of uh, goes on, hopefully, to sort of keep spiraling and keep spreading the word. So that's great. Um, What is, um, in terms of your own activity, other than the show, I know Mm -hmm. you're very creative and very active in, in a variety of creative ways. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to these days, what the latest projects are?
2: Okay. Um, I'm always looking for new things to do, and just, they just keep on coming. I've had uh, two virtual launches just recently. My artwork is being uh, sold on various products, including American stamps. Um, I've also launched an Igniting Imagination virtual cafe where individuals can reserve their chair. It's a virtual chair at certain times and dates to chat with me and anyone else who shows up at the time, and that's for a, a very small cost. Um, I'm really excited by two books that are coming up that I will be publishing, self-publishing. I did have my first book, uh, "Grading the Teacher," published by Penguin um, it, quite a number of years ago, and um, it, it became a bestseller. But I know that a lot of your uh, uh, clients or people who that you deal with are writers, and I know that people can be quite uh, frustrated by the publication process and um, one of the options, of course, is to self-publish, and that's what my intention is. I really wanted to... Um, I have a particular format that I wanted to follow. I wanted to be in charge of that, and I, I, I have my own vision um, for both books. So the one closest to publication, it's, it's being designed right now, is called Magical Mouse Painting, a Tool for Computer Creativity. It's M-O-U-S-E. Um, It's a basic step-by-step computer slash art instruction book, and it's fully illustrated in color with my digital artwork. Uh, it's got, um, it's filled with tips and challenges, and I believe it's suitable for computer and art neophytes, as well as professionals of any age. Um, I see it also as a great tool for multi-generations to interact. The second book is called Mining Your Resources, Making Opportunity Knock. Uh, It's the first in the self-help series actually based on these interviews. It includes work pages and discussion topics, and it's almost ready to be submitted for layout and design.
0: Well, Nellie, that's great. Is there anything you'd care to add?
2: Well, if we're talking about creativity, um, in in my opinion, it it means being open to opportunity, um, to look for positive things, and to, if it's in your heart... Uh, to keep on going because you have to follow your heart.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for doing the show. I look forward to future episodes of it.
2: You're welcome. And my website is www.ignitingimagination.com. Right, and
0: that has the uh, link to the to the podcast. But also, is that also where we'll find information about
2: about everything, about the cafe, about the products, uh, about all the different programs and services I offer, all of it.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks again, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you very much, Jurgen. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Arthur, I've been meaning to ask you, when, when are you most creative?
1: I find a glass or two of Merlot very conducive to brainstorming. Hey, me too. We think alike. Yes, but I stop after a glass or two. Oh, well,
0: I'll have to try that. Moving right along, one of the big issues for creative people is not having enough time to do everything we want. That's been a big theme for me personally, and that led me to researching and developing some strategies and methods that really work. And the one I'm going to share with you this time is what I call uh, the the time pod, no relation to the iPod. Uh, What I'm talking about is a 45-minute period of time in which you're going to focus on one task. And there are five steps to this. First of all, you write down what you intend to achieve in this 45-minute period. It's very important to actually write it down. Number two, make sure you'll have all the resources you need. This might be files, office supplies, phone numbers, etc., number three start a timer this can be on your computer or it can be just a simple kitchen timer and whatever it is you set it for 45 minutes So at the end of the 45 minutes it's going to ring or buzz or whatever it does then you do the task without interruptions and this means uh, turning off your phone or turning on voicemail uh, turning your mobile phone off uh, certainly means not checking your email for 45 minutes And when the 45 minutes is up, this is step five, stop and give yourself a five-minute break. And ideally do something physical, you know, get up, walk around, drink a glass of water, uh, take some deep breaths to get ready for the next one. You can also use the time in between these time pods to do a few minutes of busy work, checking the phone messages, checking your email, etc. But keep the 45-minute time pod period itself totally focused. Now, two things. One, actually, as I said, do write down what you intend to achieve. Don't just think about it. Writing it down helps you to focus. And later, when you compare what you intended to achieve during that time with what you actually were able to, gradually it helps you to become more accurate in estimating your time use. And number two, if you phase in this method with just one time pod a day, you'll be amazed at how much more you get done. The next week, do two of these Time Pods per day. And the next week, add one more. And if you can get to the point where you consistently use four Time Pods a day, I guarantee you, you'll be amazed at how much this increases your productivity. So give it a try, and uh, do let me know how you get on. My email is London at aol.com. That's a letter J, the number 4, London, as in the city where I live, at aol.com. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, time for my 60-second book review, which sometimes takes more than 60 seconds, but not a lot more. And this time I'm featuring one of my top three creativity-related books. It's called If You Want to Write, and the subtitle is Releasing Your Creative Spirit. It was written by Brenda Uland in 1938. Ah,
1: 1938, the year I lost my virginity.
0: Uh, Would you care to share that story with us? No, sir. Okay, well, anyway, this is, let's get back to the book. It's, it's called If You Want to Write, and it's not a how-to book, though. It's not about the commercial side of art or really the craft per se. It's more about expressing yourself creatively, and the points in it are as much about life in general as they are about art. I think the best way to give you the flavor of the book is to quote a few things from it. Brenda Euland writes, Everybody is original if he tells the truth, if he speaks from himself. But it must be from his true self and not from the self he thinks he should be. Self-trust is one of the very most important things in writing. Then she talks about the creative spirit that that kids have, and she says, But this joyful, imaginative, impassioned energy that children display dies out of us very young. Why? Because we do not see that it is great and important because we let dry obligation take its place. And she talks about how the spirit of creativity extends to your relationship. She says the only way to love a person is not, as the stereotyped Christian notion is, to coddle them and bring them soup when they're sick, but by listening to them and seeing and believing in the God in the poet in them. For by doing this, you keep the God and the poet alive and make it flourish." Then she also talks about the creative practice of how you do wor- how you do your work. She says you must practice not perfunctorily, but with all your intelligence and love. Work freely and rollickingly as though you were talking to a friend who loves you. Mentally, at least three or four times a day, thumb your nose at all know-it-alls, jeerers, critics, doubters. And then she also addresses a point which some of us think about quite often, which is, well, you know, we're writing something, we're creating something, and we're not sure it's ever going to be produced or published. And she says, I want to assure you with all earnestness that no writing is a waste of time. No creative work where the feelings, the imagination, the intelligence must work. With every sentence you write, you've learned something. It has done you good. She says, I found that many gifted people are so afraid of writing a poor story that they cannot summon the nerve to write a single sentence for months. The thing to say to such people is, see how bad a story you can write, see how dull you can be, go ahead. That would be fun and interesting. I'll give you $10 if you can write something thoroughly dull from beginning to end. And of course, no one can. Now, to have things alive and interesting, it must be personal. It must come from the I, what I know and feel. For that is the only great and interesting thing. That is the only truth you know that nobody else does." So that should give you the flavor of this encouraging, uh, wise, and very helpful book. A little bit about the author. Brenda Uland was born in 1891. She was a journalist, an editor, a freelance writer, a teacher, and she apparently lived life with as much energy and spirit as you would expect, based on her advice, to seize the day. She had many love affairs and was married three times, She kept active well into her late life, walking nine miles a day and practicing her handstands. And she died in 1985 at the age of 93. So here's one more quote from her. The true self is always in motion, like music, a river of life, changing, moving, failing, suffering, learning, shining. That is why you must freely and recklessly make new mistakes in writing or in life. And do not fret about them, but pass them on and write more. Well, on that note, we'll bring this episode of Creativity Rocket to a close. If you'd like some online coaching that will help you achieve your creative goals, you might be interested in my Creativity Breakthrough 60-Day Program. You can get details at www.jurgenwolf.com. That's J-U-R-G-E-N-W-O-L-F-F.com. And, of course, you can also pick up my latest book, which is called Creativity Now, or one of my other books, which is called Your Writing Coach. They are
1: riveting. Oh,
0: thank you, Arthur. That's kind of you to say that. Do join me and Arthur again next time.
1: Goodbye.